this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, welcome, movie fans, to Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie. I'm your host, Dimitri Panos, where today we break down Batman vs. Superman. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, Anatomy of a Movie! That was awesome. Thank you, Zach, for announcing Anatomy of a Movie. (laughs) What do you mean? That was Richard Wentworth. That was awesome, (laughs) Richard Wentworth. I'm sorry about that. Um, Well, welcome to Anatomy of a Movie, part of the Popcorn Talk Network. Uh, As I mentioned today, we're doing, we're breaking down, put on your capes, so that we can talk about, (laughs) in great length, Batman versus Superman. Uh, We have a new person as as a host today. Uh, He came in uh, very last minute. Uh, We're going to say hello to Mike Kalinowski, who is no stranger to the Popcorn Talk Network. (laughs) Or controversy with this movie. Or controversy. (laughs) Well, which is good. Good. It's great. Hey, I Um, love it. Part of DC Movie News. Hey, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I I appreciate it. It's been been a week. It's It's been been a week. A week. Yes, to say the least, and 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 say hello to Jack of All Trades, Zach Wilson. Zach of All Trades. Zach of All Trades. What's on my business Zach card? Bar- it's not. <laughs> uh, hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I'm Zach Wilson. Tweet me at that Zach Wilson. I've got you guys in the live chat as well. And, Very uh, curious to see what everyone thinks of this movie. I'm very excited to talk about it. Very excited. Yeah, I I think this movie, um, well, it it deserves discussion, I I believe, and and it urges, it causes this discussion. So uh, you can tweet me at dmovies1701 or support me, please, at dmovies1701. Why don't we just get right into this? And we're going to talk about, we we always open up with opinions. Mike, being that you're new and our guest (laughs) uh, here from DC Movie News, well, I will say, I think I have to say this right off the bat, and, and people that know me know this. I love DC, and if I have a Sophie's Choice moment between Marvel and DC, I'm going to go DC. But I love all the films. When Valiant Comics starts making movies, I'll be in line to see a Ninjak movie. So it's like, I love DC, so I, I am a bit biased, but I love all films. Um, but I enjoyed it. I mean, first time I saw it, there were some things that really bothered me. Second time I saw it, those didn't bother me as much, and I went with a different crowd. And the third time I saw it, even more stuff that I picked up and didn't bother me. Some things bothered me even more, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm a fan. I, I like where they're going. I think it was a, you know, they made a couple stumbles there. Uh, but they've got some solid footing for the DCEU that they've set up. And I'm ready. I, I want a Batman, an Affleck Batman movie now. <laughs> yeah. They need oh, to yeah. kind of greenlight that and just yeah. go with it right now. <laughs> yeah. But And Wonder Woman, that was the thing with me. Wonder Woman, she was the movie I wasn't really 
getting ready for her movie was, you know, but after seeing her and what they did, I was like, okay, this I can't, I can't wait for. Her. So it yeah. set that up well. So I'm a fan. Cool. I'm a fan. Good, good, good. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what's interesting about this movie is from an from an audience perspective, every single person in that theater has taken some form of their own baggage in to this movie. So like you go in because like I, I produce your show like in the booth like as an engineer every week for DC movie news, and so I he, I've heard all the news <laughs> leading up to it. I'm fully aware of it and. I'm a comic book fan, just like you. Like yeah. I like all this stuff. I tend to veer more Marvel than being just straight up like but okay. more than DC. But that's just what I grew right. up reading. Um, this movie for me was a. It was just a lot of expectations that were unfulfilled. It was a lot of potential that just didn't go where it should have gone or could have gone. In like if they had simplified things and not the, and I can, and I'll we'll get into specifics when we start talking about the story and the writing in a little <clears> bit, <throat> but if they had just done a simpler movie, not necessarily a smaller movie, but in a, in some sense that's what it sort of needed. It would have been clear and it could have been a lot more enjoyable because it wouldn't have had so many just like there was too much world building. In this, that it got lost, like the the story that like, we wanted to see got lost in the shuffle, and I think that that's really the script is what killed this movie for me. Because I'm just gonna like I'm gonna be straight up honest, with you guys. No, please, I no. did not like this movie. Um, it's it's similar to how I felt after I saw Man of Steel, which is like this isn't like a failure of a movie. I still enjoyed a lot of it, and there's some great things in there, and some great things that we're gonna see moving forward in the DC universe but this movie doesn't it just isn't a good movie like it can ha it has great moments we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Great performances, great pieces, but as one movie, it just isn't delivering. Okay. That's I hear what you're saying. Well and, 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 you know, there are parts of what you said that, that, that I agree with, but I'm going to expand. Um... Overall, I enjoyed the movie. I had a good time while I was watching it um, until I didn't enjoy the movie. Meaning, uh, the first thing that, that once the, the, the credits rolled at the end, I walked out, I was like going, they really bit off more than they can chew uh, in putting this story together. And, and I think, <clears throat> and, and, and I should, I'm going to go straight up. I like Zack Snyder. I, I'm not a Zack Snyder apologist. I think that as a visual director, he gets it. He's a geek. He loves films. He loves comic books. And I think he makes some very interesting visual shots and scenes, and he makes things look good. I like him as a director. Um, there's been a lot of hate. There's a lot of Zack Snyder hate out there, and I'm not part of that. Um, here in Anatomy of a Movie, we always talk, especially when we like a movie, we always talk about the collaborative effort <clears throat> when a movie is good, because that's what a movie is. You can't just pin something on one person. Right. And what I think happened with this movie, and, and as much as you know, people want to point the finger to Zack Snyder, 
Zack Snyder, this is a great gig for him. And as much as he says that Warner Brothers wasn't in his hair, they're in his hair. Like, this was Warner Brothers. This is, look, Warner Brothers, let's face it, is playing catch-up, okay? They've seen what Marvel has taken years to do. It took them years to get to the first Avengers movie. It didn't happen overnight. You had to have Iron Man. You had to put in Thor. It was an accident more than anything else. Like, they they, they had this, like... Pie in the sky dream of the Avengers movie, but like even even Kevin Feige has said like they never thought they were gonna get there. Yeah, and if any there was a misstep in any one of those previous movies, but it took them a while to get there. And for me, what took Marvel years to do, the people at Warner Brothers are like, hmm, how long is this bubble like before the superhero bubble breaks? We don't have five years to get to a Justice League movie. Zach, you got to do it in one. We're gonna give you this is what we want. This right. is what you got to do. Zack Snyder, the guy likes to work, okay? Yeah. He likes to work, so he's saying yes. You got to also put into perspective, too, right? There's no way Warner Brothers is giving the guy who did Sucker Punch carte blanche of the DC Universe. But, I mean, but the thing is, they, they sort of have, though, because he is filling a role very similar to what Joss Whedon did on the Marvel side, where he's overseeing the entire story. Yeah, and look what happened to Joss Whedon after... Okay, that is true. Okay, like, even Joss Whedon came in and said, you know what, I can't deal with these people anymore. This is a pain in the ass. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not doing anymore. Zack Snyder's in the same position. I'm sorry. You don't give the keys to the Lamborghini to the guy that lost the studio a bunch of money doing Sucker Punch. Somebody at Warner Brothers, at least this is my theory like has a good relationship. He has a good relationship with somebody. And I don't fault that. I don't I don't hate the guy, but this was a collaborative effort. I think that things your two major sources from which they were drawing from mm-hmm. and and they've admitted this has been The Dark Knight Returns and The Death of Superman. These are properties that could have each made one singular like each one could have made their own very good movie, but then they start throwing in everything else in the kitchen sink and that's where this movie sort of kind of they put in too much like if they took out a lot of this metahuman stuff and everything it wouldn't have cut this movie to a to a halt in some in some cases and like that's why i feel they sort of kind of bit off more than they can chew to your point yeah i'm curious curious mike's take on that yeah well what you said there with dark Knight returns when they mentioned that that's what you know i think there were missteps years ago when they were saying this because if you look at the film Aside from the mech suit, him fighting, there really wasn't Batman versus Superman from Dark Knight Returns. That wasn't the story. They just took the inspiration. So yeah. when they said that and people ran with it, that gave a bad impression. I, that, that was a I mean, oh, they're 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 they're, they're defiling our, our sacred tome. It's like no, they just took it, the, the the kernels of it. You said the right word, inspiration. Yeah. And in fact, Snyder has said inspiration, right? But, um, and and we're gonna get into this a little bit more. Again, and we're going to talk about, because I have proof, too, in my research about, we always talk about sometimes the idiocy of studio executive heads and, and things like that. And we, right. we can talk about, you know, Dark Knight Returns and, and, and the death of Superman, but they tried to put in so much more. Now, I enjoyed the action sequences. I The, the fight sequences yeah. were great in the way that they were filmed. And, and it's great because you, I think Joss Whedon is an amazing director. Um, and he can film action great. Zack Snyder, on the other side, like, his action sequences just look different. 
And they yeah. seem to fit the the DC well, universe ever pretty since, well. Um, I mean, ever since three hundred, like he's had a very unique style. And, the and thing Walking is, like, Dead, I, uh, not Walking Dead, um, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, like uh, three hundred was like yeah. my was my first experience okay. with him, and he does have a very unique flavor to what he does, and like. His action is different, and that can make that helps it stand out just on its own. Yeah. It, it's the but like it's the story around it, mm-hmm. which like you need to pay off. Like you, uh, a fight needs to be paying off a good story that got you there, and it, it was. It also seemed like we didn't get enough of for for a, a movie that has the fight in the title, like a boxing match. We only got it for a brief moment, right? Um, and not that I needed like an ex- twenty-minute extended fight scene, right? Um, but it just like the build, the way that they sold this movie, and, and right. uh, we'll talk about marketing towards sure. the back of the show. Um, it just didn't build to it the right can, way. Can I just bring up a pet peeve of mine, and 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 I'm just putting this out there, not just to the studios, but to everybody. Um, can we stop abbreviating abbreviations? I mean, we go versus, which is six letters. Okay, you want to abbreviate it? It's been abbreviated for, like, years since, like, you know, uh, the Wolfman versus Frankenstein, King Kong versus Godzilla, uh, Muhammad Ali versus anybody. It's VS. And now now I, I'm just going to call this movie Batman 5 Superman. I mean, why did we need to take the S off of There's what was all one of, one of the other uh, uh, Popcorn Talk hosts, Joseph Scrimshaw, who did uh, Jedi Alliance, uh, had a, just a great joke about it. So I wanted to give him a shout out on this because he's like, they told us that the S meant hope. And then they took away the S in Batman vs. Superman. Oh, that's just hating. It was a good joke. Nah, I just, let, let's stop abbrevi- abbreviating abbreviations already. It's you know, Batman vs. Superman. So, um, yeah, let's get into a little bit of the development of okay. this film um, and talk about when this was pitched. And I don't know, Zach, uh, I understand um, you had some research on this, but... This originally goes back all the way back from what I from what I read two thousand and one, I believe. This film, and yeah. Well, the at least the it was originally pitched because they wanted to do a Justice League movie. I know, and and, and Wolfgang Peterson at one time was involved. There was and, uh, Kev- he wrote Akiva. seven. Ke- Kevin Andrew. Kevin. Um, Andrew Kevin Walker? Andrew Walker. Uh, Andrew Kevin Walker. Yes, he yes. wrote. Wasn't he the one that wrote the script? Yes. That's out there. People online are now saying that this was a animated movie it's not it was a live action film this is when Josh Hartnett and Jude Law were mm-hmm. attached as Batman and Superman so it's been in production if you've read that script it's terrible <laughs> it's terrible so it I'm sorry that's terrible the Justice League mortal that everyone was raving about <laughs> with uh, um, oh god he did uh, Mad Max um, the director of Mad Max recently um, Miller Miller he wrote. He was gonna do this Justice He's League mortal yeah, he oh, was good yeah that was terrible yeah. that was awful so I mean DC you know, the history's there that's I don't know if it's just that DC is more out in the open, but they've had more like de- like heavily developed projects that then just go back into the yeah. into the te- so into the, uh, onto the yeah. shelves for three years. I mean, they've made documentaries about them, yeah. like yeah. The, the, the the Nick Cage Superman, Superman movie. Right. Um, <clears throat> you had the Joss Whedon Wonder Woman movie that was Anofsky's being developed for a while. Yeah, um, and all of those had potential to be something great. And yeah. then you just they, I I think basically this is what they've been building towards. Like this yeah. is what they were sort of toying with with all of these like 
we do all these. Like, we want to do justly. Everyone's they, wanted justly for decades. Right. But, but everybody, but even everybody wanted a good Batman movie. Everybody wanted a good Superman movie, you know, from DC. And it was only, again, when Iron Man comes out and surprises the hell out of everybody, and then, you know, you do a Captain America and then a Thor, and I'm not sure if I have my chronological order correct as how those movies were released, but Marvel at least took the time to sort of kind of roadmap out. As much as, you know, you think getting to the Avengers was an accident, I mean, you, you sort of kind of, you have to believe that they had a hope that they were going oh, no, to they, they, they were planning that from the beginning. It was more of just like, a, if we can pull it off, this is how we would do yeah, it. Yeah, this is how we would do but it. But we don't think we're going to get there. DC, on the other hand, is very much saying like, okay, we are going to do this. Right. And and where I think DC is like, the, DC and Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers in particular is seeing the success, the success of Marvel going, guys, we have all this property. Like, what are we doing? And they don't have anybody who's you can shepherd the project so I think the suits like you're saying well this is what we need to do we have to play catch up because we have you know franchise franchise it's the F word every studio is looking franchise 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 and And they have a franchise made up of franchises right exactly Uh, but they've yet to like utilize until Chris Nolan comes out with the Dark Knight right and then they tried with Green Lantern you know to, to a spectacular failure and then you know Man of Steel, which I didn't dislike as much as as much as you I had issues. I love Man of Steel. I love yeah. Steel. I, I had I had one major major issue with Man of Steel, but outside of, of that, I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty decent. Well, and I'll then, be curious to see what like your issue was with Man of Steel, and then like whether this because they touted this as like fixing people's problems with Man of Steel, <clears throat> right? Um, in like retrospect, right. but I guess uh, well that'll come into the writing, which. Yeah, no, and, you know, what I find interesting going back to development is that uh, I couldn't believe that Jason Reitman at one time was was being pitched to come on board, and and Jason was like, "Mm, no, it's really not my bag. Like, I like to work on a smaller budget, which which I understand, and you know what? I I can respect him. Uh, The the guy still works. (laughs) The guy still makes money. So, uh, you know, I I can respect that. and then, you know, in, in, and that was in, like, 2007, and then we go into June 2013, where Warner Brothers announced that director Zack Snyder and David S. Goyer would return for a Man of Steel sequel. And then the following month, uh, you, you know, you go into San Diego Comic-Con, and Zack Snyder drops the bomb that the sequel would feature Superman and Batman meeting for the first time in a cinematic format. So that gets everybody who wouldn't be excited? And again, whether you're a Marvel person or these, it doesn't matter. Like these are two icons. It's like getting the Avengers together. No, this is like these are the like regardless of your fan. These are the two <clears throat> biggest superheroes in the world. Right, they, it, they are like they're yeah. the most well known. You could take like the even Bat more symbol yeah. or the Superman symbol to anywhere, and people recognize exactly. It. Like right. Spider Man is big, but these two right. are bigger. These two yeah. are more well known across the world, and so to put them in a movie, everyone was freaking right. out because no one expected them to do it this way. Right, um, and I think that's what at the time what I what what it seemed like they were doing was brilliant because you're not going to do the the Avengers style lead up where everyone gets a solo movie. So what 
it sort of seemed like they were doing was using Superman as their Tony Stark, who was going to sort of slowly lead each character into the world. You use this one to get Batman, and then Batman gets a solo movie. Right. You use, and then the rumor was uh, Man of Steel 3 was going to bring the Flash in, and then you start to have everybody around him. Right. Wonder Woman gets a solo, and then the Justice League forms out of that. Right. Um, which would probably get us there in like 2020 around there. Um, <laughs> but I think they're going 2017, if I'm correct, yeah, right? Yeah, Justice League 2017. Right? Yeah, 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 2017. They start filming the 11th of this month. Yeah. Right. They're so, very close. And, and, let's, and let's also, this movie is called Batman 5 Superman The Dawn of Justice. Now, it's funny because as I'm reading notes, Snyder stated that having the V in the title instead of VS was a way to keep it from being a straight versus movie. Then just call it Batman Superman. There's a very popular Batman Superman I mean, comic. I, I would have. I mean, just, just say verse. I mean, or you could have done, you know, world. Just called it World's Finest. Oh, because okay. it, it, in relation to the comic of those two always together. Right. Uh, we can get in. We'll talk marketing when that comes up because yeah. there's some things they could have done differently that would have changed perception of this film. Yeah. But I mean, we could say whatever we want. But there would, if Man of Steel did the numbers they wanted it to, we would be getting Man of Steel two. We wouldn't be right. getting Batman v Superman. Well, well. You know, it, my, only, my, only counter that, my only counter to that, to that is, is that Man of Steel, uh, again, just Man of Steel is great proof where tracking was miserably wrong because leading into that opening weekend, people didn't even have it doing the six figures that it did. They had it under 100 million. Really? A lot of people had it at 75, 80, 90 I didn't million. Know that. Yeah, so when Man of Steel comes out and does 150 million on its opening weekend, I believe it was 150, people were like, what? And I was like, how can you not? Like, there's so much anticipation. Uh, so, you know, I think it, it, I think they skipped the quote-unquote man of the the direct sequel to Man of Steel because again, I just find it it just seems Warner Brothers very impatient. They want to get along. They want to get on the train and go right into Justice. League. I mean, I think this is basically it's just a type. The only difference between calling this Man of Steel two and calling <laughs> right. it Bad for Superman is the title. Like this right. is what Man of Steel two was going to have to be was something was dealing with the fallout of his fight with Zod. Right. Well, one of the original ideas was Zack Snyder talking to Warner Brothers. He said at the end of Man of Steel two, there's a crate of kryptonite is delivered to Wayne Manor. And it was kind of like this just little subtleties of what we're setting up. And then Warner right. Brothers, we talk about everyone in the hands, and they go, oh, you would, you'd like to put Batman in this movie? Right. Okay, and then they changed course. So the, the Colonel, it wasn't Zach, like Zach going, hey, I want Batman. I got to have Batman. Right. It's you, as you say, the many cooks that are going, many oh, cooks. oh. I think, yeah. And there yeah. were many cooks um, going into this dawn of justice. Um, you know, and then when we talk about marketing in San Diego and, and Comic-Con and, 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 and all that fun stuff, going into then, like, when you're sitting down and writing, you're right. I think, like, you know, they get a an Academy Award-winning uh, writer is the guy that uh, wrote Argo. All right, go ahead. Right, no, but I, I think it was Goyer at first. Terry came in later, yeah. I believe. Yeah, like, I think yeah. I want it was Goyer and Zach right. brought him in. This is what we yes. want to do with Man of Steel. Like, he how get, do we go he forward? Get, he went in the same time as the announcement of Affleck. I think right? they were yeah. kind of like, a, "Hey, I'll do this, but here's my buddy." Yeah, yeah. My, my, he's gonna help write right. this. And that was so. when I like my I like I wasn't because sure, because of my feelings about Man of Steel. I wasn't. I was like uneasy, but I was. I'm. I was totally willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. On this movie, uh, and when they brought him in, like when they, I really liked the the Affleck casting, and I still do yeah. after the oh, movie, okay. even more so. I was gonna uh, ask you that because 
there was so much negativity when he I was I never cast. understood it. Same here. I thought you, Ben Affleck uh, was a perfect choice. I'll get a lot of crap for this, but I've liked him. I liked him in Daredevil. There's things he does in Daredevil that I liked. I've liked him for 15 years now, since Good Will Hunting. I've never seen the hate for him. We were talking about I him last night it. with some friends about Dazed and Confused. And the, the best you stuff know. with Affleck is, especially he's playing an older Wayne, is that you not only bring your personal experience, he's older, he's, you know, he's kind of bitter about, you know, a little bit jaded with what he went through with Hollywood, so he's going back into this role where, you know, hey, I did this before, you guys want me here again? All right. So right. he's got that, and it just adds flavor to the character. Yeah. 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 I, I'm with you. I, you know, uh, and it was weird because I felt like I was a Ben Affleck you know, defender. Right. People are like, oh, you just like him because you're from Boston. No, right. screw you. If he yeah. sucked, I'd say you suck. Right. You, 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 you know, yeah, my only, you're an insult to Boston. Get the fuck out of my face. My but only instead, thing was, was like, like, as long as he doesn't sound like he's from Boston, <laughs> we're good. I'll say this: but going in, that Affleck does a lot of things, and every actor has them. They're the, the the ticks they do. When George Clooney was starting out, he had this like head bob thing he did yeah, in he every still movie. Does, yeah. Not once seeing this movie did I go, oh, that's a typical Affleck thing right. that you'd seen in all his films. He didn't yeah. have any of those. You know so what? I loved it. You know what impressed me so much? Just like physicality, the way that he got toned for this movie. When he's walking just like in like a white shirt as Bruce Wayne, he looks like a, the freaking cartoon Batman because right. he is a upside down triangle of a man. Right. So no human being should be built that big up top. Someone put the, a picture of him with the animated series version yeah. right next to each other and it's like even the chin and the jaw and his, just the mass size yeah. like the kind of barrel chest he has he was it. He was they Batman. brought the animated series to life yes. with, yeah. with Ben Affleck. And and he, I, and yeah and apparently his, uh, his trainer who is from Boston and he worked with him on the town um, to get him buff, like yeah, his trainer said he went through such like over five hundred plus like workouts, hours plus in the gym, and he had him doing yeah. stuff going like, Good for you that. know, any <laughs> any other actor like okay, if you want to do this, you got to do this. It was almost like a Mr. Miyagi thing. You do it my way, right? And if you don't like what I'm doing, then 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 you quit. And he goes. There are a lot of people who would have quit. Oh, sure. And he goes, and he stayed, you know, and he stayed, you know, tried and true to what he did. And he did look fantastic. He played the part. Um, going back into the physicality, I actually liked, so I, I liked the Rocky-esque montage of him working out, like, prior to the fight. Because it was, you know, yes, we see Christian Bale in training. Right. But never such, like, lifting the tires and doing the chin-ups with, like, his ankles weighted. And, you know, here's <laughs> the thing. It's like, people were, are, you know, they're, I heard, thought they, they're, they're they're coming on that scene. They're like, oh, it's a CrossFit. And this and this. like, if you read the comics, Bruce Wayne has always done training like this. Always. It's who he's always been, All so we're seeing it. It's like... Yeah. We need the montage. Look, he's yeah. not a, he's he's not Superman. Like he doesn't just have magic metabolism. And he used to like, he did right. CrossFit before CrossFit was cool to do. Now, so it's right. like come right. on. Yeah, because he Bruce Wayne had to work out with like what he could find because they don't make weights that big. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I thought so, it was sort of fun. I I, I enjoyed I enjoyed yeah, people nitpicking that are but they are so starting at like, weird places. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like th there's a lot of. Uh, uh, can we talk about the plot? And yeah, stuff well, I was gonna—I was actually story, gonna yeah. go right into writing, yeah. uh, which will bring us into the plot. So, um, you know, according to Snyder, uh, the film would take inspiration from the comic *The Dark Knight Returns*, um, and you know, he goes on. You know, I'm very surprised that they're not using, like, because he goes on about how how it's the movie is a reversal of the ending of *The Dark Knight Returns*, and I'm like. No, the, the, the ending's sort of kind of like the death of Superman. Um, you know, when he's 
fighting. I, I think I understand what he means. I, I, I get what he's saying, but you can't discount. I mean, it's obviously the death of Superman once you bring in Doomsday. Right. Yeah. And if you're a fan of these comics, that's the other thing, too. I was wondering, to us here, I, I don't think it was like you, Zach. In fact, you and I had a conversation about two weeks ago. We were having lunch, and we were talking about this going, yeah, we sort of kind of know how this is going to... If, if it's Batman versus Superman, it's Batman. Like, you know that it's going to end up with a little green gem somewhere going, aha, you know? And, you know, it wasn't a big surprise to me as to how, especially knowing what they're taking from, how certain things were going to play out. I, I sort of like to watch how everything was played well, out. Well, the but. difference is that they, the opportunity that they had that they gave themselves was that they had done they were fight they were meeting and fighting so much earlier than they did in like the dark knight right. returns right. like and that adds a new dynamic and that's the kind of thing that a lot that, that a lot of comic book shows and movies do that's good is when you take something that people are familiar with just like the right. basic story but you change one aspect of it and that right. that allows you just enough room to surprise both people who are familiar with the the original content and right the people who have no idea what it is. And just this them having to fight when Superman's just getting started right. is that kind of change. Um, where I thought it it sort of went off the, ro- the, off the rails there is that they started complicating things. Mm-hmm. They started putting in stuff like with, with uh, Lex and his plan to, uh, like, he, where he's kidnapping... Uh, so, let me let me start there because it was my sort of my biggest issue with the movie is what I thought we were going to get in this was a story about Batman having a fundamental problem with Superman's existence and Superman having a fundamental problem with Batman's existence okay. and his methods and they started going there the, but it, then they removed that aspect from their conflict immediately like right before the fight they took all of that out of it when they when they introduced Lex and the and him kidnapping Martha Kent right because you made the fight a, about a misunderstanding at that point it became about the fact that Superman didn't fly in and say Lex Luthor has my mom kidnapped he needs he wants me to kill you or he's going to kill her right. we need to work together right. instead like and i get that Batman jumped him and all that, but he in, wasn't having any of it. Yeah, but yeah like, you're, gonna, you're gonna talk to me. I don't think I, so. I no. agree with that. Like I, I agree, but that's, that's the way he, Batman is. Though he sonared that thing right away, and people are saying, "Oh, Batman was a jerk. He he was selfish." It's like that's Batman. That's Batman. <laughs> he does. He's not gonna give you a quarter to go. Oh, you got you want to talk? Let's talk. Yeah. He's like, you no, you're a cannon. I agree. Oh, with what? You. You're, oh, guns. Yeah. You're an alien. No. I saw you kill. I 100 percent agree. Can we can we at least agree that the opening of this movie set everything up? Amazing. Like, yes, it did. I mean, yeah. the opening of this movie, and again, I'm going to point to Zack Snyder's directing yes. and how it was put together. I remember that after the first 10, 15 minutes, I was like, well played. Okay, I get it. And you're right. Like, it sets yeah. up, I'm seeing this guy, and that's Batman's thinking. If and that's, for a 1%. And that's perfect. And I loved this sequence because I love, I, personally, I love when you get a new perspective on something. Right. Uh, that you've already seen. I think it's a right. fascinating way to look at, especially something like superhero fights. Yeah. Um, and this, honestly, this was the most emotional part of the movie for me because mm-hmm. when, like, maybe it's just, and like part of it is just, again, what I brought to the movie is like, I'm from New York. I grew up in New York. I was 
10 miles away on 9-11. And this just evoked so much of that imagery for me that I have a personal connection to that seeing him rush into the fray like that, I started to get yeah, like, like I was in. I'm like, I'm in. I'm with you guys. Like, let's see where we go from yeah. here. Everything about that sequence I thought was perfect. Yeah. Um, and it set up this massive mistrust. Right. Um, I agree. I think Snyder yeah. did a great job with that. I think, for me personally, someone that has seen the Batman origin done a million times, they gave a fresh take on it. It was for the first time, normally we see the, the Joe Chill comes up with the gun and Thomas is like protecting Martha, protecting Bruce. He balled up his fist and charged him. Oh, he's I, like, I hated that. He charged him and then he gets shot. What does Martha do? Not protect Bruce. She goes in for the gun and is pushing the gun down. We've yeah. never seen that. And it also harkens back to the writing where they say later when Bruce is talking to Alfred, he go, what were the Waynes? And he goes, we were hunters. Right. That sets up him and it also sets up Maybe this will never happen, but Thomas Wayne to be in the Flashpoint universe. Mm-hmm. That said, so there's so many layers to this. They added so many layers to this new take. And also, Bruce was powerless. He sees this happening, and now it goes right into the Metropolis scene. Right. He's powerless again. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not. This is not happening again. I'm taking charge now. I've seen this Interesting. happen. Interesting. I, 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 so, I, I, just, <laughs> I disagree about the swing. Like that's the Why thing. It's like it? a, Joe Cool shot first. Um, <laughs> he, he did. He went to shoot, yeah. but Bruce, but Thomas right. no, no, is not no, going to sit I'm around. Just, he's yeah. going to go and he's going to take car. Um, that, that was just a joke. But um, but here's my problem with it: is in the in the the version where like Tom Swain is trying to be collected, trying to be calm and like just diffuse the situation. Right. What Bruce Wayne sees in that is that a good man, no matter how good and no matter how much he's just trying to keep this situation so nobody gets hurt, he like people will die anyway because there are bad people out there. And that emotion, that is what drives him to say somebody needs to protect people because right. even the best of us cannot be saved, cannot be protected. So I need to be out there protecting. But right. when he sees his dad take the swing at this guy, and as a result, he dies, and his mom dies right. too. Yes, that would make you angry, but the psychological lesson that an impressionable oppression, kid would take from that is, when you swing, you get hurt. And I don't think that drives the character in the same way. But but then that's what's great about this film because in the, the end, him and Diane are sitting there at the funeral. like, I failed him. Yeah. Not only that, he failed his father. He's like, I have to be better. Right. He realized this is a Batman that's different than we're used to. This is a Batman now he, going into Justice League going, my entire life I have done things wrong. I have not done the right <clears throat> way. Here I am 20 years later and I haven't accomplished a damn thing. Yeah. I need to be better. Yeah, and you know, He inspired him. And I want to talk about the ending too because since we talked about the opening, but you, you brought up something that, again, I was wondering how many times do we need to see right, Batman's... Yeah. Like, we know his parents get shot. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, I, I didn't... Because here we are seeing it yet again, I wasn't. I was sort of kind of not paying attention because I yeah, knew, you knew what's gonna happen. I was like, I, it's like, geez, like, can't we ha- at least have? We, let's just get into the Batman right. story now. So, but I the do, one, the one thing on on your point before we get away from it that I want to just like so clarify because this may actually color how I see stuff going forward. So the way you're you're describing it is that so what we're saying is Batman up until now, even though we're getting an older Bruce Wayne at right. this point, so he's further in his career is not the Batman as we know him. The no-guns right. rules. And so what 
so in in theory, I guess from here we would see him start to take on those rules in the future. Like his, like he would start to say no guns, no kill from here on out. Is that what you're Maybe. saying? Because he looks at it as like let's put it simple terms. He's a gardener that's tearing up weeds. And he's gotten to the point, like, there's always going to be weeds no matter what I do. Yeah. And now here comes a bigger weed. Yeah. See, and I, 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 I failed. I can't do that. All right, I'll go out every night and I'll pull weeds, but I know tomorrow but, morning there's going to be more weeds there. I'll just keep doing it. This is going to be my life. This is, and like he says, and then he goes into, this. when he goes to kill Superman, this will be my legacy. Right. And that fails. Yeah. And he just steps back and goes, I've done it all wrong. I, yeah. I failed. See, and I'm thinking, and I was, again, I, the way I was watching it, Again, I was going back to the inspirations from Dark Knight Returns because that Batman character is has become so cynical and jaded yeah. that like he quit. He just like I can't do this. Like right. the weeds is like they're gonna keep on coming up. So when he decides to get back into the game, he decides I'm gonna do this differently and I'm not gonna. He goes and, and he goes in much more cynically. Yeah. And I was looking at Ben Affleck's Batman in Bruce Wayne as much more of a cynic. In his view of the world, and I did appreciate at the end when he says, "I failed him." Yeah, and you know it was very interesting. And I don't know if I'm the only one, right? I mean, I read comic books and, and everything, and I felt sort of kind of stupid. And I, Martha, Martha, I was like, "Oh, we'll get to that." Yeah, oh, I, 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 I see. I had that revelation a few years ago, and I just was like, "It's like a fun trivia." Like, ha, that's funny. We'll see, and, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah," but I think they should. It could have been a little bit more as to Martha, Martha for Bruce Wayne, Batman okay. to 100% turn around. But, but I was like going, of all my years, I just never put two and two. But I liked how they used it in this yeah. movie for Batman to go, oh, wait, you know what? There is a lot more. Other than the fact that our mothers have the same name, maybe we are in the same side but, as well. And we talk about how there's all those hands. The Robin suit was never talked about in the film. We no. weren't talked about Dick Grayson, Jason Todd. No. It was there. It's there for a reason. He looks yeah. at it going, well, that's another failure I did. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Bruce Wayne, we know he doesn't drink right. in the comics. And what we know is he always has a thing of ginger ale. Right. When he meets women, he date meets them. He's like, oh, I got to go see you later. In right. this film, he's drinking. He's got a table full of painkillers. There's a chick next to him. So that means he didn't go out that night as Batman. Yeah. Batman always goes out every night. And but, he didn't. But the Christopher so Nolan... Batman, he had chicks with him like all the time. Right, like, but we don't know. Who, so only is, when he needed to cover right, his tracks. But this is a yeah. Batman was like, you know what? I'm gonna enjoy life. I'll yeah. sleep with this girl. I'll drink. I'll, those criminals will still be there Friday yeah. night, so I'll, yeah. I'll deal with them on Friday. So it's a, yeah. at the end of this movie, going into and we can talk later about the setup and, and the yeah. writing and the marketing, how they marketed this wrong. Yeah. If they would have done a few different changes, mm -hmm. it would have changed the perception for everyone, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, well, I, I, I do want to specifically talk about the like the end of the movie with um, Superman dying. Yeah, well, just before we get away from the Martha yeah. thing. Yeah, let's get on that. Let's get, yeah, okay. like, I, my, my issue with that is that, like, it, it like cute trivia. Okay, yeah. they have the same name. Um, yeah, you didn't, you could have done the same thing with the grave, with a gravestone, sure. whatever. Um, Again, it just comes back to the fact that, like, when they start fighting, I get that Batman jumps him, and I get that, like, so, okay, so, so he didn't have time to say anything. But the fact that two sentences could have stopped this fight, it just, it took all of the breath out of it. It took all of the, it was cool action, but it, t it meant that the fight had no 
heavy meaning behind it. Like, if if it was a fight, like, what it should have been is it should have been a fight between two ideologies. Mm-hmm. It should have been, I believe, like, I believe that to super, the Superman needs to be contained. Okay. I, and that versus, I think your methods are wrong. You're hurting people. Like, what you do is wrong. Right. It should be these two people who think that what the other person does is wrong and they, then the fight is the only way to stop it. Because especially Superman, who's not a violent person, you need to push him into a fight. Um, and so, and the Lex Luthor plot point changed that. Yeah, that what, mechanic. What I, what right. I thought important. they were gonna do with this, and like what I was expecting, what I was anticipating, and maybe that's just my fault for bringing my own version with me. But as like a, as a geek, like I can't help it. <laughs> as I thought what it was gonna be is that when you introduce. The, that opening sequence and and Bruce Wayne seeing all this fallout and you you hear about like Lex Luthor and like what his views on Superman are and we know Lex Luthor, the two of them on the, are effectively on the same side there. Bruce and Lex. Bruce and Lex, yeah. like their view of Superman. Right. I thought we were gonna get the two of them as also two billionaires in it, like billionaire Playboy th- philanthropists. Like right. I thought they were gonna wind up working together to solve the Superman problem. I was also I was kind of surprised Lex didn't think to bring Bruce Wayne in on this. I think they tried. I think he tried, when, but I think Bruce Wayne is a much more he savvy. He well, Bruce Wayne, he's like, I'm not dealing with this. He's um, there at his yeah. party. He's like, I'm going to leech this thing and get it. He's like, yeah. Lex is bad. Yeah, yeah. but like, in, but like, so, I, but I would have liked to see the more cunning Lex like playing on Bruce Wayne's now, thing. And then when they when it's when he and then he, they use Batman like whether Lex knows about him or not they use Batman to drive out Superman after they've developed whatever kryptonite technology right. and then it's and it's only when we get to this fight and it's like this is a stop Superman fight or Superman's from Superman's perspective a these people are trying to kill me right. fight that Lex turns and unleashes Doomsday on on us and it breaks and then it becomes oh Lex is actually the bad guy here and he's been driving this whole thing I, again, I'm not sold on him as Lex in this film. Um, but, Jesse Eisenberg? Right. I, there's things... That, it's almost a switch that happens in him halfway through the movie. He becomes a different character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, he's, the, he's the, the Joker as Lex. Or he's like the son of Lex? We're yeah. going to need to talk about right. that because I'm a little he's, confused. But what I found the second viewing is he is the master manipulator. Oh, absolutely. He is thinking five steps ahead. Like, And I know mm-hmm. people hate this, and I, and I dubbed it the Lex Files, his computer. <laughs> but it shows that... In the comic book world, of the we've Batman would have been the one that had all those files and everyone. He would have been watching. No, well, he, he does in the comic books. On he the has right, but he has no clue. But Lex had right. them, yeah. And he's just like, I'm not the smartest guy in the room anymore. Yeah. He is. And Lex had plans to discredit Superman. That didn't work. Okay, well, I'm going to get this guy over there, the man, to kill yeah. this god. Oh, that's yeah. not going to work. I got backup plan. I got Doomsday. He's thinking five yeah. steps ahead. And what's interesting is because last night I had this conversation about Lex Luthor, Jesse Eisenberg, and I'm like going, no, nah, if you read the books, his his Lex's hatred for Superman runs so deep, oh. it makes him maniacal. Yes. It makes him crazy. He, like he, he, you know, he goes crazy. He's the kid that was always bullied. Right. And finally, he's not the bully anymore. He's rich. He's successful. Yeah. Well, here comes another guy that's a bully. Yeah. That he can't beat. That he can't he's beat. Like, I'm not going to be bullied. It's that's yeah. what it comes down to. That it's yeah. the and, bully. And, it and, that's, does. and that's why, like, and I feel like I should cut co- like this colors like all of my opinions on this movie. But, like Lex Luthor is my favorite character in, in, in oh, any sure, Superman story. Um, basically, it's just because like 
it, in super, like Superman is just the, is this infinitely powerful person. So for right. me, like the only way a Superman story is interesting is when you give him a true foil, and like that foil isn't beyond not just power wise, but somebody it's who intellectual who yeah who like is a he is because Lex Luthor is as smart. And Superman is strong, yes. and that makes and the fact that they disagree fundamentally on Superman's just existence in the world and how it should be mm-hmm. makes it interesting. Like it, it's why uh, the Luther graphic novel is so is so yes. such a fascinating read, and why Superman Red Sun, like Lex the Lex Luther good quote unquote good guy in that right. is fascinating yeah. because it's just it presents it in a new light. Yeah, and I would, I at least appreciated the fact that they made Lex different from you know different. from from Hackman from from Kevin Spacey you know they gave it a different plot some people have been annoyed by Jesse Eisenberg um and, and we're gonna get into casting but I, I do want to bring it back because I wanted to talk about the end uh because there's been some controversy about like killing off Superman and I personally never I didn't have a problem because if you're going from the death of Superman it plays out very yeah. very very much beat for beat as to how Superman dies but you know, Zack Snyder had something very interesting to say about it. His his in his his response to killing off Superman at the at the end of this movie is, I wanted Batman to be the person who sets up the Justice League, and I you know if you have Superman there, you sort of kind of have to hand those reins. He's Superman. He's gonna pull the team, but with Superman now questionably out of the picture. Bat like now it's Batman who can try to do the right thing. Right. And you know, we know that Superman's coming back. I'll say this, there's two points. One, seeing Diana and Bruce in this movie together, the fact that the two of them are gonna be traveling the world, getting this team together is phenomenal. Oh yeah. Chemistry was it gives me the giggles. Like it's exciting. (laughs) People that are saying, Well, this is not this Superman's the leader of the Justice League, if you read the comics, Superman and Batman were not the heads of the Justice League. It was Flash, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter. Black Canary and Aquaman, those four, five yeah. formed the Justice League yeah. and invited Superman and Batman, and they were like, no, we don't want to be a part of this. Right. So to say that this is, you know, DC's doing this and it's wrong, it's not. But, it's their but, own but, take. But you would agree, though, that through the years, it's sort of kind of evolved into the Holy Trinity. Like, the Justice yes. League Holy Trinity was right. always, has been yeah. for, I don't know, over 10 years. For a little while now, you know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman... You know, they're they're threesome. Yeah, I I also disagree on a fundamental level that you couldn't do this with Bruce Wayne leading this charge with Superman still there. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm going to make a Marvel uh, just uh, a comparison, but when like the Avengers, very similarly, Captain America was not an Avenger, right? And when it started, but it was after he got brought in, Tony Stark realized that he should be that. Uh, Steve Rogers should be the one leading this team. Right. He wasn't a founding member, but he is the right person to lead this team. And I think that Clark Kent or Superman, however, like he is absolutely a good enough person and a humble enough person to say Bruce Wayne is a better person to recruit this, to lead this team, to see it. Right. And like, there's no reason he couldn't be it. Like what? Like. Other other arguments to the death aside, like there's no reason he couldn't be there. Well, you know, but again, I sort of kind of I'm gonna I'll take Zach's side on this because he's like I wanted Bruce to build the Justice League. I felt like with Superman around, it's a different conversation when you create the Justice League. 
And I get what he's saying, like, Superman being the boy's guy, like, like, okay, Superman. You know, but with Bruce doing this, he's like, it's like me and Superman, we want to we wanna make a Justice League. Other heroes would be like, okay, yeah, I'll join. I just feel like with Bruce Wayne going out uh, and having to find these seven samurai by himself, he finds it to be a lot more interesting of a premise. And I don't disagree. I, I, I sort of kind of, because nobody knows Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like, and the fact of, that he's an older Batman. Yeah. He is... Oh, much older than Superman in this film, a good 10 years older, and it just adds a different dynamic, but also it could set up at the end of Justice League 2 or whatever, where Batman goes, you know what? You take over. You're the man for this, not yeah. me. My Your ideology that you lead, you're a team leader. They listen to you. They don't listen yeah. to me. I'm an outsider. And yeah. he steps back. Yeah. We don't know. That Could that happen? It could. Yes. It could. If not, no, but it sets it up. And the yeah. storytelling... That's what's exciting. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, going a little bit more into the technical side of things about the okay. ending, too. Uh, Charles uh, Charles Rubin, I believe, is one of the producers. Uh, he said the whole... Okay, so we're in the coffin. We see the dirt gets yep. thrown in the coffin, and then it sort of kind of wriggles and right. rises yeah. for like a frame. Yes. Apparently, this, they spent hours <laughs> discussing... What frame, <laughs> like, you know, like what on. frame to stop it on? <laughs> uh, they were going on, you know, vibrate, levitate, suggesting that the character's death doesn't mean he's, you know, his story is over. And he goes, this is, th- this moment, he goes, we discussed in the editing room and many questions were raised. He goes, the thing that we spent a really, really long time talking about was the very last beat of the movie, the dirt. And I can't tell you how much discussion there was <laughs> about, do we see the dirt rise up? Do we see the dirt rise up? How much do we see with the dirt rise up? How much? How, how many milliseconds of frame? And that to me is like because how do you sell that moment? You don't show his hand popping out of the coffin. You don't right, do it's that. It's not the carry moment, right? right. So and, how and do you sell it? I, it's I sell it like to me it comes off as uh, the Age of Ultron, where Captain America goes Avengers and like you yeah, know yeah, it yeah, the yeah, line right, right, right. And just before he says you know it cuts the black yeah. and this is like it rises up. We know that. That, that we got the point across, he's coming back. He's coming back. Soups is not dead. Right. You know? And which is interesting to me because it, it gives them... The great thing about the way this movie ends, if Warner Brothers is going to listen to fans or reaction or whatever, it's set it up and what they're doing perfectly. Whereas with the Marvel films, Age of Ultron didn't do as well as everyone wanted. They're still stuck on that path they're going on. Yeah. With DC, Suicide Squad, that movie does not impact Man of Steel at all. Or, or Batman vs. Superman. Wonder Woman, if you didn't like this film... Wonder Woman's a completely different film. Same universe. You know, so it's it, Aquaman is a separate film, so they're not stuck on this. It's all connected. We're all moving forward, straight line. Batman versus uh, Justice League, now they're they're toying with this. And now when Superman comes back, can it be a Gandalf the White type thing where when he comes back, his personality is completely changed? Right. And that's how we get into that sort of Injustice-esque... Or do we get into the hopeful... sideways right, thing? Or do we get into the hopeful Superman, you know, the good less dark, broody Superman. Because Cavill can come back and they can make that character however they want. I will no, say that it, it is always good like when you have an issue. Like you, you can't just like snap back and right. like be doing something else. So like that way of going and re- not, not rebooting, but right. refre- it, hitting the refresh yeah, button. It, it, but it works and it fits. It's not them going up, we didn't like his performance, we didn't like this. It's, hey, we noticed we made some missteps. Or they're setting this up so that when Clark is resurrected... He's a different man. Yeah. It, Which, it's, a, it's another thing in this movie that I feel like, okay, there's some really cool setup in right. here. Like, but again, like, if I'm just looking at this movie, like, blinders on, like, this movie, okay. the death felt like 
why. Okay. Like you didn't feel it wasn't earned. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't earned uh, for several reasons. Um, but it's uh, it, the main thing is like just from this like me just like why couldn't Wonder Woman throw the spear that's slowly killing you? <laughs> that's to me. It breaks down. We're, we're in every movie. It's like, well, why didn't they do this? Why didn't we do this? You know, it's. And like, but like yeah. I, I, and I would call it out on any other movie, be right, it Marvel, right, be right, it like, and be it an Oscar-nominated film. Like, if if I can see a way out of like a a situation that kills right. your title character, you need right. to go back and rewrite it. Right. So that like, if you're gonna do that, it makes sense. Like, take if maybe Wonder Woman and Batman have been knocked out of the fight, right? Briefly, and so there isn't a choice. My moment for you is, well, just say that. Batman, obviously, which I love that shot of him and the one woman, Superman, and Doomsday are fighting him. He's just looking back and forth like, what? I, I'm out of... I, this is... I, yeah. I can't do anything. But... <laughs> as much training as I have. <laughs> to defend against that point, Wonder Woman had the lasso and she was pulling him, holding Doomsday there with his arms down so Tell Superman could take it in there. Yeah. Batman can't... Or Superman can't use the magic lasso. She yeah. can. So it's like, she's got it. She's pulling him. Hey, right. you know, Clark, I, Superman, I got him. Go. And he's got to do yeah, it. Batman's if, not doing it. If they have that moment... I could it's see it's just of, it's it, and then who it's knows a, if that's editing it's or just too much assumed to like okay. have to work backwards to find that. No, no, I mean I get um, that. The, they, I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, again, like it's, it's the lasso. There. The lasso was so cool. The lasso like, was awesome. And that I shot of her bracing. Oh, yeah, no, I would have loved to have great. seen her throw it, but I like know. I'm like okay, I'll, that's fine. <laughs> like we got it because Wonder Woman's Wonder Woman is my favorite DC character. Okay. Like, but, I'll just put that, like, so that moment for me was just exciting. I, I almost, like, I almost felt she was almost underutilized in this movie. Not, like, like again, um, the, the lasso is great. Did I need to see her throw it? It would have been cool. But the mere fact that they even had it in the movie. Yeah, and it's, it's like, glowing. And it's glowing. And it's like, yeah, I'm just thinking... Go ahead, I did. A lie to me, lie to me. For me, Wonder Woman <laughs> was the awesome. perfect amount. Yeah. She was mysterious, and it sets up her movie like... We want. We find out why she wasn't there. Yeah. Like why she she gave up on man. Like no, right. men are not going to stand together. We find that. But I'll say this: when you say with writing, where things you pick apart. To me, this is oh, I can't stand it. Is the fact that Lois gets the spear. I'm gonna throw it away. <laughs> this is not going back. <laughs> All you needed to do was Batman look what he did, throw it. Yeah. That, have Batman do it. See Lois go. Oh, he threw it. Okay, it's like, so there's so many cooks, like, why didn't someone pick that well, moment see, and go, oh, we need to fix you know, this? I had that moment, too. It's like, why? Like, you don't even know where you're throwing it. Like, oh, I'm just going to throw it. I didn't get, in a, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was I didn't a, get that either. I can't defend that. that. that was, I, I, I can't, can't defend that either. Obviously, you guys got that I can't that defend one. that either. Um, it, I mean, so, it's, and it's, but that's the thing, is that, like, it, these all co- sort of are, are small mm-hmm. individually, but it's just like, when you're watching, like when I was watching the movie, it just like it prevented me from getting fully into it because I'm seeing all of these things. Um, okay. Jonathan Kent took me out of it because I was real confused. First I, time I was like, "What the hell?" Second time I focused in on what the story. No, and, and, I, and, and like, I was like, "Oh, right. I missed his, this the first time." His I wasn't story, his that, story is, but that's exactly it. That's the problem right there. Is that his story is relevant and it's a really good anecdote in in terms of what they're trying to build and the the doubt that you're trying to sow right. into Superman's life, but. As a viewer, and because everyone has had the same moment of they're so caught off guard by seeing his Kevin dead Costner, father yeah. that you shouldn't have to watch it again but, to get yeah, that but story. I, I, but I did get that the first time. Okay, it, I mean, and 
Costner's cameo sort of surprised me. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to say, I said, oh, okay, they found a way to, okay, good for Costner. And that's, but I did, I mean, I was, I was listening to everything the Potkins had to say. So it let, didn't bother me let, as much. Let me just say this to this film, and we say this, and I, I found some second things on the second and third viewing. I enjoy a film like this, that it's not spoon-fed to me, and it it demands multiple viewings. Mm-hmm. Where some films, like I see a movie like Deadpool, which I loved and I couldn't breathe when I was watching the movies laughing so hard. Right. I didn't see it a second time. I'm not going to buy it on Blu-ray because I saw it all. Yeah. A film like this, and you see, like, and their opinions are their opinions, but when I heard that Kevin Smith did not like this film, I was like, oh, he's a rah-rah fanboy. But then he went back a second time and he found the heart of it. Harry Knowles on Any Cool, who people love or hate, whatever, yeah. hated it the first time. <clears throat> second time, he's like, I fell in love with it. It's like these second and third viewings where you're going, oh, and... Maybe that's what Zack Snyder and the team was like. We want this film to be talked about. Yeah, but, but here's my thing, and I and I I agree to an extent with what you're saying. But you should the the goal should be like I, I make a good film for the first viewing. Okay. I don't mind. Like I, I agree with you because there are some times where I've seen a movie seven times or whatever, right. and there are times that like a bottle of wine with each as it ages with each viewing, I'll yeah. pick out certain things and I'll, I'll go back and see this, uh, you know, Batman five Superman. I'll see it again, <laughs> to, you know, especially after this conversation, because there have been points that you guys have been making that I was like, okay, I want to go back and pick up on this. Um, but I, I think a movie, you should put your effort for people. You can only assume that people are going to go see your movie once. You know, That's we true. are fanboys here, you know, and but but I do love a movie in which um, in which I can go back again and pick out certain things that I missed before. Um, you know, I even I even remember uh, uh, with J.J. Abrams first uh, first Star Trek movie. Okay. Okay. In 2009, that movie sucker punched me so much when he blew up Vulcan I'm like going what the hell are you doing <laughs> like are you, oh my are you god a Trek guy yeah Vulcan? okay and so I was like what the, you've just wiped out this this and this and I just remember having the biggest headache <laughs> when that movie was done but then upon my other viewings I said okay at least in Star at least J.J. Abrams and team they did make it a point they made it a point and they said it about a dozen times yes. we're going off the timeline we're going your off the timeline your stuff is still safe your stuff is safe we're just making we're creating a new sandbox yeah. so that we can go in and I'm like okay so in that point in that case going back to Bat- Batman 5 Superman we have yes you can watch a movie multiple times if you didn't hate it so much and want to go back to see it and yes, that can be the magic of movies. I agree with it, you. Well, like just like wh- why I've, I was talking about it with the scene with Jonathan Kent was that like I love layering, and there should be ways that right. when you go back to a movie, you're seeing new things and new perspectives on the on the things that you noticed the first time. But like the fact that because it was so surprising, and they don't really spend enough time to address it when the scene starts, they just get into that story. I like I, I've talked to too many people mm-hmm. who didn't hear the story the first time. Okay. So like that's the thing is that like I, it's a it's a balance of like you need to make it so that you can get at least the tangential yeah. stuff the first time through and something so shocking right. will take viewers a moment to re, sort of recalibrate what's yeah. what's right. happening. Well, you had asked at the top of the show what was it about Man of Steel that I didn't like? And it really wasn't about what everybody else is talking about like the destruction of uh, of, of Metropolis due to the fight. It was the death of Pa Kent. I didn't buy it. I don't buy it. Oh, to, I love that's my favorite movie. Part again, of the I love it. I you know I don't buy it, and here's why. Okay. I don't think for a second 
that a loving mother uh, who, who, who loves her husband, loves her son, who knows what her son is capable of doing, I don't buy for one second that even though Pa Kent says, you know, no, stay back, don't, don't save me, you know, I know they were trying to go for like this nobility, there's no way that a loving mother who loves her husband so much, knowing what her son can do, would say, Clark, don't listen to your father. Get the hell over there. You can go so fast, nobody's going to see him. Save your dad. It's much more poignant for, especially in Superman's world, where he can't stop a heart attack. Like, when, he, when, when Pa Kent dies of a heart attack, that's something that Superman can't fix. But in this case... This is something Superman can easily fix with nobody seeing him because he could be so fast. And then but, you have, like, there's no way a mother would sacrifice her husband like that. That. that sets up the thing. Clark realized with the heart attack is like, well, people are going to die. Heart attack. People are going, there are going to be natural disasters. There's things yeah. I can do to do that. I will spend the rest of my life doing these yeah. things to save these people. I just, if someone's dying of a heart attack, I don't I'm buy, not I don't do buy Martha Kent. Like, I don't know what, there's no way Martha Kent. Was, was gonna like allow her husband to die right in front of her. Even if she said that, I don't like, think Clark would have done it. Yeah, I think he would have. No. Like if she, oh, because he had a great love. I think she goes, Clark, I don't think listen all, to your I, I agree. I like, think that basically was my all he needs, like he's gonna listen, but all he needed was one of them to say, do it. Like he needed the go ahead from yeah. someone. Nobody to, to do said it. do it. Or does Martha believe in her husband and go, that's the way my husband and we're no. we raised this boy. Not, not if you, I if I you think... love your husband and you love your family and you know what your son is capable of doing, you like you have the means to save him, you're not gonna say, it's, Oh Clark, it, don't it, save it, him. It harkens back to Lara and Jorel, where Jor- Laura was like, No, we can we can save him, please. And she's like, Laura, no, we need to send him away. But and there was she no succumbs way to, to him. So, so him. people she are succumbs. asking, is it like so the heart attack is in the the Comic version of it's in the comics, I believe. Way it's back weird. It's like and it's sometimes definitely sometimes the, Pot Kent's around, and it's like it's certain versions he is. And certain yeah, and definitely the in the uh, a, definitely it's in the Chris Reeves, uh, yeah, that's, Richard that's Donner. That's what we're going on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because there are different versions of right, it, but, yeah. but him sacrificing himself knowingly, knowing in my case, but it, it I, I just don't back buy to, that. To the his Kryptonian parents, they're both similar. Going no. But there we was can't. no way out of that. There was no way they could have but saved But Laura was still crew. saying... I know, but the there was no way for... Uh, there was no way for Kal-El to survive the Krypton blowing right. up, where in this case you clearly had a means to save your dad, and no loving son is like, like, he could do it. Like, we know he could do it. And Ma Kent knows that he could do it, too. There's no, I, I just don't believe that a mother would would say... Oh, okay. Yeah, to listen to your don't don't save him, even though we know you can. That was my biggest problem with Man of Steel. I, I found it very interesting, and it was in a sense jarring because I didn't know that that was something that was kept secret. Did you know prior? Did you know prior that that Kevin Costner, Costner was going to be? No, I had no, no, no clue. No, no clue. clue. So no, that, did. Yeah. It, it took me a second. I was like, quiet. and then I was like, where's he hiking? Right. <laughs> But then I was like, wait, he's Superman. I, I, I when he wants to go for peace and quiet, he's going to go to the Arctic. Sure, right. yeah. I get that. I started thinking, like, wait, but did they have a fortress of solitude in this continuity? Well, he's got the ship, but right. I don't remember. I thought the ship at Man of Steel, they used it to crash into the the um, uh, world engine. Yeah, like I saw. So I don't think he doesn't. That ship was somewhat the fortress in Man of Steel, but I believe they used it to crash. They, knew, they, they moved it. Yeah, so he does not have his um, place to go. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, the, 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 before we get off of, like, cast and all that, like, the two of the characters, like, there's one issue that I, I, I had some problems, like, but I talked a lot with uh, sure. uh, some of my 
uh, female friends about and just so like to get their perspective is the the treatment of the female characters in this because okay. a lot of people that I talked to and I, I I wish that Marissa or Sarah were able to join us today um, but a lot of people felt that they that this was a, a this movie did not treat female characters properly. Really? Um, oh, I disagree. Um, because and the, like basically the the way and I I I, I really want I want to preface this like I'm trying not to I we, that's why I think it's unfortunate we unfortunately don't have uh, a, a woman joining us in the studio. So I, I I apologize if this comes off as like mansplaining in any way. Um, but like Lois Lane in this movie was always still in her damsel of distress classic like mode. She gets saved by Superman constantly. Like, yes, she was a strong in that. Like, I'm a I'm a journalist, not a woman. Like, that was that was fine. Like, that was good. But like, it didn't. She still needed. She still was like looking outside for help. She didn't get herself. If she I, like got herself out of that situation, then Superman came in like to save her. It, like, and she had saved herself. Like, that would have been different. But then, but but again, though, my only counter to that is that we know now that Lex. Sp- Set up that situation, knowing that Superman yeah. but like, was but, going but, to come and save but, the but, day. But all that aside, like, but Lois Lane's character in this movie right. just didn't. She felt weak to me because she didn't seem to be. She was sure she was diving into like situations head first, but like, I just I we didn't spend enough time with her to like get really her. She was just there as like Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. See, I, I mean, I disagree just because. This was the first time that I remember that we've seen Lois as a reporter. Like, she was, like, going for facts, and, and it sucks that there's this scene. I believe it's in the deleted scenes, and it's in the art books. There's a scene of her in an apartment, and there's all these Superman kills, and there's these these models of Superman hanging, like, almost seven-style uh, of someone that was stalking Superman. So she's right. doing a reporting. You know, she she's <clears throat> harassing Swanback for information. So she was being a reporter. She was doing... She, she says to Clark, she's like, you do what you do, I'll do what I do. Yeah. You go save people, I will, I'll save you. I'll do the reporting and the truth. And that's her, she's a reporter. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I'll stand up for Margot Kidder's Lois Lane, that, especially in the first one. She was... She yeah. was on. She was on reporting duties when, when various things doing, and she was reporting. And with, I love that. With, you know, the guy's got her, and she just looks at her, and she just goes, "Yep." She knows what's coming. She's like, yeah. "I can't beat guys with guns." I mean, yeah. yeah, maybe I could elbow him, but she's like, "I've got this guy. Yeah. I'm just gonna go." She's, yeah. but she's brave, and it, you know, she goes into this group of, of terrorists or whatever. And I think we saw her as this hard nosed reporter. Yeah, and, and yeah. Then, I, I don't. Aside like, from the spear chucking, but she goes, oh, I, "I messed up. I threw that. I got to go get it." She dove yeah. in for it. Yeah. So I mean, I. Yeah, and then Wonder Woman, the two of them. Well, but Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman fighting aside, because that's like she's just she's a super powered person. But like she, like her, the only things we see her doing in this movie are Wonder Woman. We're talking about now. Wonder Woman is fighting Doomsday and going after this photo, which the photo was confusing. Why she was like, because even when she, if she could get into that drive, like yeah, but like she cop, it was a copy. Either Wonder Woman doesn't know how digital files work. Right. Maybe not. Or... Maybe she's been gone from man's world for a hundred years. Um, but then she like so she she steals this thing and then she but she then she needs Bruce Wayne right. to get it for her. Um, and just like she didn't do enough in this movie to like other than fighting to like develop her character. Uh, that's why I felt that she was sort of kind of. Underutilized. Like she like, was just it, there it, for like, like for show, and but, that's exactly what what you what danger but, you walk into. I with agree, that. but and, and because I was gonna say like it would have been again take out 
let, let, let's just for the sake of this of our conversation, take one Wonder Woman out of the picture, take meta humans out of the picture, right? You still have a movie. Like you could have taken her out and you would have still had, you know, you still would have had you probably would you would have had a shorter movie. It would have been great. Wonder Woman was awesome to see, and it's great to see her on screen, and she shows up at the right time, and she kicks ass. And I'm not saying that I I, I didn't enjoy watching Gal Gadot's performance as Wonder Woman. I thought she was beautifully stunning. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. And I thought she was fantastic. I think I got it. I think I'm, clo- I'm closer. I'm working on I th- it. Well, I think she was, you know, I think she's great. But I was, like, thinking a lot, like, had we taken this character and all that metahuman stuff out of this movie, we still would have had a good movie. But it also lends into why she's there, and her, her she doesn't, she's been gone from Man's World. She yes. does not want to be there, so yeah. she's not going to make her presence known. She is in yeah. the shadows, she, slinking around. I get it. Like, I don't want to be a big presence here. I just want to yep. get this thing and get out of here. Oh, who's this guy? And then when she comes to Bruce Wayne, and she's, like, you know, doing this, and she's fixing his tie, and she's, like, she's, she's, like... Men like you, you're nothing to me. Yeah. I will destroy yeah. you, yeah. but I'll play your cute little rich boy. Yeah, Go Bruce away. Wayne's like, you've never met a man oh, like I me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I enjoy uh, the banter. She, no, the, ba- the banter was fine, but yeah, like, Dimitri's she, point, like, they didn't, she didn't drive the story forward because, like, if you, like, okay, the whole thing with the, the with Lex's data, if right. you take her out, what the different, the only difference, like, she takes away the data from, from Batman only to give it back. So it doesn't it doesn't drive the story of this movie forward, and that's like between this the 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 um, the dream sequences slash flash fast forward flash forwards, right? Um, all of that like it didn't drive the story of this movie, which is Batman versus Superman. Right. It didn't drive that stuff forward, and that's sort of the where they they could have taken out forty five minutes of this movie, and not that those parts aren't good and so much yeah. fun to watch. <clears throat> But you could have told the same story right. without well, them. I want to throw this out on the table because th- th- there's a scene where Batman and Superman are finally going to quote unquote fight. Okay. And, and correct me. And then it cuts to Diana at a computer looking up metahumans. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is boring to me. Like, and then like we see Aquaman, we see Cyborg, and I'm like, Get back to the title of the movie for crying out yeah, loud! It, like, get back. If, if like, it had been like doing? quick, like two seconds of like, no, there's a, a tri- there's a man with a trident, there's a, a robotic human, but they like lingered on each one, like it was an after credit sequence right. that got put in the wrong place. Right, and I was just like, it, right, that's exactly how it almost played out. And I gotta tell you, I got no faith in Aquaman. <laughs> after watching this, I'm only going. Yeah, I'm out. Well, as long like, as they don't linger look. on this shot, on Jason Momoa staring at you yeah. for like about two seconds too long. Yeah, it was. I don't, um, but it, he it, looked it, great. I will so, defend that. Like I think Jason when I when I heard Jason Momoa was cast, I got excited. I think he. I think it's. I wouldn't have thought of it, but I'm. But I think it makes sense. It works. Yeah. All I know is that sequence so brought the movie to a screeching halt for no reason to me. I'm like, this is wise. You're saying, yeah, but there was no. There was no reason for it to be in there because we're about to set off. We're finally getting our characters together. And you're just stopping. You're stopping in what could be a really great action scene and turned out to be a really cool action scene. But I'm like, 
I don't want to go back. Like, what do we? What, why are we stuck on Diana right now? I want to go back to the, to the title. Swan Pride, who's joining us in the chat role, yeah. uh, is putting an advertising block in the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah. um, well, and that's yeah. the thing it's like it's yeah. not that either, any one but, of those was bad per se like Aquaman they just lingered a little uh, like too long before he hit them with the trident but like those things were interesting and they're right. cool they just like it it was it was in an awkward spot um, but, but, but just like to, to my thing before it was that like when I was talking about the, the treatment of the characters it was that like this this movie didn't pass like it, it flunked the Bechdel test because like, and it had all of these character, all these female characters as just like ad- adjuncts to the story. Like they were there to only to sur- to drive the other characters' stories forward. Um, they didn't have Lo- Lois Lane did not have an arc of her own. Ma Kent did not have an arc of her own. All she like she, her, the one thing she did was what tell Superman that like he doesn't have to save people, which doesn't feel like that character either. Yeah, but see, again, I wasn't... I wouldn't go into this movie looking for an arc from Lois Lane or Ma Kent, but... They're just characters. They're the characters. I know that they're main characters, and I get what you're saying, but they... Because... Look, I think that Lois Lane, as played by Amy Adams, and I think she did a really good job again. You know, we, I want to talk more about our, our, the cast, but I think especially when she's kidnapped by Lex, you know, she did show a strength. There's nothing you can do about being pushed off a building. There's, there's no, nothing there's, you can do to, to do that. And it's not that Superman, we know that Superman's going to come in, but we also know that Lex is manipulating the situation because he wants Superman yeah. at a certain place. That's why he, she gets tossed out. It's not, it, it's not unlike, it's not unlike uh, from, from um, uh, uh, The Dark Knight. Uh, the, the second, the Batman Begins and then the Dark Knight where the Joker throws Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal out, the, out right. the hotel window and then Batman's got to go save her. It's not unlike that. It doesn't mean to me that, that Maggie Gyllenhaal's character no, is No, it wasn't weaker. that they had to be saved because there are superheroes and this <clears throat> is not, you're right. not a superhero. It was that like, but in that movie, Maggie Gyllenhaal had a whole arc of trusting Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne like and what their relationship is and her relationship to Harvey Dent like just because it's a comparable sure. movie I'll jump to the the Avengers like you, Maria Hill in that movie Maria Hill is a very minor character in that movie sure. but she has an arc she has an emotional and story arc in that picture that you can follow from from the beginning to the end and she mm-hmm. changes based on what happens around her right. I didn't feel that from Lois I didn't feel that from Diana and I didn't feel that from Ma Kent and that's that's what I was looking for yeah, and then for me, for Ma Kent, I, again, we'll go back to the end. I mean, I think for Ma Kent, Ma Kent knows the world in which she lives in. I mean, she knows that this world has gods, so to speak, right. and her son, trying to raise the son uh, in, in a man's world. And I think the line, we're, we're having Ma Kent and Bruce Wayne together at the end, that to me was, that's the arc, like, that's the arc where somebody, somebody who knows who her son is and goes to her, I failed him, like because she has that sense that she maybe has failed him as well. I really like that. I found it to be very some, poignant. Some of my favorite moments in the comics are when Diana and Bruce are at the Kent farm. Yeah, and not not for funerals. <laughs> they're just hanging out with their son, right, and doing stuff. And they're in plain clothes. And Clark's sitting there. Bruce's sitting there. He's like, "Yeah, can I have some milk?" And, you know, or something like that. Right. So the fact that her mom can now, mom can now looks and goes, "My son is not alone anymore." Yeah. Or, or he's, you know, he's gone, but at least there are others like him. Yeah. She sees that 
okay, you know, he made a sacrifice and these people, he, he has a whole new world now. You know, it's like, it's this story that, you know, your mom, your mom always wants her son to be loved. Right. And this mom saw her son loved by no one. Right. You know, everyone hating on him. I mean, what does that do to a mother? Right. When they're constantly bulleting their son. And now see these people that she doesn't know. And when I'm sorry, it's one of my favorite lines. Like, I'm a friend of your son's. I'm a friend of your son. And people hate on that. Well, you know who loved that? Uh, Paul Dini loved that right. line. Who has written some of the greatest dialogue that these characters have ever spoken. And that's his favorite line in the yeah. film. So that says something. Yeah. And people are like, oh, they're not friends. Did that bother like, you? Not really. But it's like, that's um, a man telling his mother's like, I'm a friend of your son's, and she's like, she knows I can trust this man. Right. I liked the cape joke, Not, too. Not, I'm Batman. That made, me, that made me laugh. I, I really liked uh, her line about yeah. the cape. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's not that I didn't... I, I, that one didn't bother me so right. much. Um, uh, it, it Just like I would have... I could We could have, with a few pieces here and there, and a, for a movie that had a lot of stuff that could, like, was extra to the story, right. you could have given these characters more to do. Okay, okay so um, yeah. we, we talked about Ben Affleck. We're all in agreement that yeah, we really so. thought the board. that he did a really good job. If they uh, don't make his script, I'm done with you, Warner no, Brothers. No, I mean, why wouldn't they at this point? I mean... Listen, we'll, we can, you know, I'm going to bring up reviews. The reviews in this movie have not been kind, but the one thing that they have been kind on is Ben Affleck is proved to be a good guy. Yeah, everyone's right, everybody's pretty That's unanimous. what happens when you hire a fan. Yeah. And, but, and, you know, but I have a funny Ben Affleck story because he actually went to Christian Bale and goes, uh, uh, you have any advice for me, like playing this thing? And, and Bill told him, "Yeah, make sure you can you can piss in that suit." <laughs> so that to me is like the best thing. But it's like Bill saying, "Have at it, good luck. Just make sure that you're able to go to the bathroom in that suit." Um, and and I think Ben Affleck had very big shoes to fill. I think Zack Snyder like has big shoes to fill as well because in a sense now we're getting a reimagined Batman again sort of kind of shortly after what Chris Nolan has done, now we're seeing this Ben Affleck Batman, and he's a little bit different than what we've, right. what Chris Nolan wove, wove, wove together. So that's a tough thing because we're already going into yet another interpretation of this character. It's like, how many times can we do Spider-Man? I was surprised, like, but like, because like, if you'd asked me like, two years ago, do I think that they should have another Batman movie in by like 2017, yeah. 2018, I would have been like, no, no. you need at least uh, 10 years really? after Dark Knight Rises before you can do it. And now, after seeing Affleck's performance, like, hell yeah, yeah give me, give me the Batman right, movie. Right, right. Like, yeah. I yeah. want it. So, and let's talk about a little bit too. Let's go into um, Henry Cavill. I thought that Man of Steel, I thought he was good. And you, again, I'm going to go back to a conversation you and I had where you were talking about, like, yeah, and many people feel this way, the Superman is sort of boring because he's so powerful. But at least I thought in Man of Steel, they they didn't, he didn't immediately go to being the Boy Scout that we know him of, or know him to be. He was still parsing things out. Like, what's right, right. what's wrong, how do I do this? And that's why, I th like killing Zod at the end the way that he did it didn't I know it caused a ton of controversy it didn't bother me because again this wasn't the Superman this isn't the Superman we all know and love this is a Superman still on shaky legs trying to figure out his way in this world and what he's going right, to represent right, right. Yeah. and in this movie I felt we got it like there was even more torture to Jesus, like, what am I doing here? Yeah. And and I sort of kind of like that because that gives that character a bit of a weakness. Do you right. agree? Yeah, it's, a, it's a different take on the character. Yeah. You still, yeah. you know, it, it, you can't 
some people like it. Some people who my friend who's a, a phenomenal Superman, it's his guy. Yeah. He doesn't like these films, and but yeah. he makes points of why he doesn't. I go, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's just not your Superman. Yeah, yeah. It you know I I I think Henry Cavill's doing a great job. Like I don't think it's anything against him. If there's yeah. an issue, it's in the writing. Um, I think he's done. Every, he's just like Ben Affleck in this. Like he's done a great job with what he's given. It's interesting. Uh, he's in Man from Uncle. Right. And he's so charismatic in that movie. Yes. And I don't see any of that in this performance. But I think that goes to the character the way it's written and the way yeah. he's. Yeah. They just they're not. And, there's no moment like the the most charismatic moments he's given is like the bathtub scene. And yeah. I thought he did a good job yes. with that. Me too. I agree. Like he was cute. They were cute. Like there's like it's like weird because like. They're like, wait, when did they? They kissed one time, and now like they're living together, and like, yeah. like that's couple so years like, later. And it's so. like I'm willing to give him that. It's like, but yeah. it was like a little, but like they were both scene. good in they it. Were. Like the casting in this movie, right. I think in in ninety nine percent of the thing in the of the roles is spot on. Yeah. I even kind of like Jesse Eisenberg. Like again, it's just the way that he was direct. Like maybe it's him, maybe it's Snyder, I don't know, but like maybe like the performance wasn't exactly what I wanted, but his casting didn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, no. His casting didn't bother me either. So I want to and and I like your point about about um uh, Lois Lane and Clark Kent in the apartment. That was a very nice scene. Actually, one of my favorite scenes was the scene where Superman shows up for that tribunal. And he walks into the thing. And again... I don't not see that coming. Stoic Superman. I, oh, yeah, that caught it. That, yeah. I had no idea that that happened. And... I, but what was great about... And again, this was where Zack Snyder's visual uh, directing really... T- I mean, the way in which that was shot... He, of course, he's the only one that's going to come out of that unharmed. But you were able to see his face like... Yeah, I was duped. Like, this, is, this right. sucks. Like, this is going to fall on my shoulders... Again, what a week I'm having. They're, play- they're going to blame me for this. And you know, But I thought it was a very well put together scene. People have problems with this. They're like, well, they should have shown him trying to react to someone. And it defeats the purpose. I watched Man of Steel the night before I saw Batman v Superman yeah. again. Pa Kent says the line, there's going to come a day where you're going to decide to stand in front of man or not. So he finally goes, all right, I'm going to stand up and be accountable. I will yep. do this. I will yeah. stand in front of you, bear, and say, okay, let me have it. And they use it against him and yeah. kill hundreds again. Yeah, he can't win at this point, no. and that's that look of can't win for losing. Look what I, I just killed all these people. Yeah. I should have seen it. I didn't. I was blind. I trusted people. No, that was a and good. I killed yeah. these people. That's what they wouldn't be. They'd be alive if he wasn't there. Yeah. That was a good story point because it it deals with that moral dilemma yeah. of Superman in a realistic right. world is that people are going to attack him. I I do agree though that like him standing there stoically, even if everyone like in that room was incinerated, like. That building's very crowded. There have to be other people on the periphery of the That's explosion. That's cinematic, I think. It is, think... it is cinematic, but like, but it's just like it's just him standing there being stoic when with fire around him. It just it it just felt weird to me. It just showed his weakness. But, like he he just knew he was so defeated at this, that point. This just hit me. This is it's a classic of Kingdom Come moment. Right. Where they drop the bomb, there he is standing, smoke burning off of him, all the ashes and the cinder of the people right. skeletons around him. That's yeah. kind of Snyder's moment. Sort of kind of. That yeah. kind of that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's like Superman's unharmed. Yeah. Everyone's dead. Yep. Look at, Look at me. Right. I'm screwed. So yeah. I want to move um before we move off casting, because we talked Diane Lane, we don't need to I mean Lawrence Fishburne is great as Perry White, yep. but the one um, you know, Holly Hunter, it was nice to see her on the big screen again. Yep. I, I really enjoyed her. All right, but the one thing, and he's, and I always find this character to be the linchpin of any Batman movie, is Alfred. 
So Jeremy Irons is Alfred. What, what were your thoughts on 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 him? He was taking good. The role he was good. I mean, like I, like Michael Caine, I think might be <clears throat> better in my book, but not because of like anything Jeremy Irons did wrong. He did right. they did it a different way, and it it worked just as well. Yeah, for me. I mean, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I loved him. I, he was snarky. He was, you know, of course he wants. He's kind of sassing back to him, but he was also the machine smith, and he was building and testing the voice box for him, and. Right. You know, he's keeping him going. He's not going to say, I'm, I'm going to stop. You know, he knows, like, this is your life. Yeah, he's like... All like, right, I'll always be there to patch you up. This right. is veteran Alfred. Like, yeah, he's yeah. just like, he's like, this, we, like I disagree, but we're we going to do it your way. Right. On, on DC uh, about this. <laughs> we're in a different setting if he was a little younger. You could see Jeremy Irons being Batman. You could see him that same. He's in yeah. shape. He's... You could have seen 10, 15 years ago him yeah. putting on the suit, you know? Yeah. And I love that. There have been times in the comics where Alfred kind of takes over as Batman sure. to just stand there and be the cloak. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So you I could mean, see yeah. this Alfred doing that. Yeah. That would like that, that. that could lead to a good moment if they need Bruce Wayne to yeah. be next to right. Batman. And he would do it. And it's I think yeah. it's great. I love it. So I want to talk about let, let, let's move um so so we so we hit casting. I want to talk a little bit about production and I want to talk about um Something that's very important in any one of these movies. Um, costuming. Costuming, costuming, costuming. There's always, there can always be, people love it, people hate it. There can always be controversy, just just ask Joel Schumacher. Right. Um, what, what did we think of uh, uh, the Batman's iterations of his suit? I mean... You, you can't fault ahead. it. You can't yeah. talk bad about it. And no one has. No. I think from the beginning that the, the shots... He, there were certain angles where he did look a little weird, a little puffy. Maybe that's what people right. were saying. This is a couple years ago. But seeing it in action, it flowed, it moved. It, yeah. I mean, when know. they first revealed, like, the outfit with, like, the, the like, sad Batman thing, like... <laughs> yeah. And, like, I didn't... I, I say that just as, like, because right. that's what people called it. Like, was, I didn't have a problem with it. It's it's a good... It, it, was, it was a good outfit. Like, I like that they, they made it distinctly different from the Dark Knight yeah. style. Right. Um, but it's still felt like it was armor it didn't yeah. it wasn't like that he was armor. running around in in tights right, yeah, or anything but it material. had that smoothness that yeah. you you expect from like the more drawn batman it did remind me of frank miller's dark knight returns yeah. i mean which obviously that was the inspiration but i really liked it and you know i think they've done a great job with superman's costume and yeah and i like that they brightened it in this one yes Yes, um, they, it's I like. Did you ever see the? I, I, they, they only. I only saw a snippet of it, but somebody like went back and like recolorized Man I of Steel, it, yeah. where they like brought up all the saturation I on his that, outfit, yeah. and it just looks so much more like Superman. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, there's Superman. They, yeah. but they really they put more red in and yeah. blue into his suit. Yeah, um, which is interesting too because Zack Snyder was going back. He used uh, Larry Fong was his cinematographer, and he used him in Three Hundred, Watchmen, and Sucker Punch. Those movies have a definite gray about them. This movie definitely has that gray about it, but I really felt that watching this movie, uh, and I saw it at, in, in uh, a Cinemark XD. Ooh. Remember when I saw this on, yeah. on like a huge-ass screen? It looked great. I mean, I really felt cinematography-wise, you know, it captures this universe like Zack Snyder has done a really good job in setting up this DC universe and I think he's done a very good job in setting it up looking different than the Marvel universe because let's face it I don't care if you like one Marvel better than DC or DC better than Marvel each comic book they, they each have their own different feel 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the DC universe just has a different look. You know, Batman just has a different look and feel than Spider-Man does. Well, it has, like, the the DC universe has a lot more muted colors. <clears throat> uh, Marvel uses a lot more, like, vibrancy in yeah. all of their movies. So yeah. Yeah, so um, even Winter Soldier, which is a pretty, like, which is it's much muted. more toned down, yeah. is is still more colorful than these movies. Right, right. Um, and that's, it, it does help, because visual, visually setting yourself apart from the, the, the movies that, for better or worse, are your, going to be your comparisons, right. is smart just from a standpoint of separation and ha- giving it its, its own right. feel. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it feels less like you're playing catch-up or you're having to, it, it, it separates it a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it looks again and again. If you have the opportunity and you haven't done so already, try to see it on an IMAX or an XD yes, or, a, or a premium large format screen. Yeah. And I and I also have to say, you know, saw it in 3D and it was not annoying. I thought they I heard the 3D is really good. The 3D yeah, is the, good. The, I the almost 3D yeah. looked solid. It, it didn't make it was good. They they really used mm-hmm. it. They they used it to good effect. I almost always see movies in 3D. I'm a huge proponent of 3D. You um, and I both. It just like it, it gives it it to me. It's the same thing as when we added color in the in the physics. Like, <laughs> I don't it, disagree. It's, it's adding a, a a new dimension that the filmmakers can use to give you a certain sense of perspective in the movie. Right. It just like depth of field. If you use it right, you can use it artistically to make it feel. You can feel distance, so you can like. Like let's just use this example. If Superman's flying at you, I'm not saying this happened in a specific moment, right. but if Superman's flying at you from a long distance away, it can feel long as opposed to that like he's right there. Gotcha. Um, it, and this movie, I think, did use the 3D well. Yeah, I agree. And and um, you know, I've talked about 3D a lot. You know, there was a time when there was just too much 3D. And then you know, I I, I always give props and credit James Cameron finally showed that. You know what? You can make a three-hour movie right. in 3D, make it look fantastic, and if you take the time to do it right, it's gonna look amazing. And since then, if you've noticed, a lot there still can be a lot of 3D out there, but not as much as there used to be. And you use it in the right, if you use it for the right movie, like like this or a Zootopia, even you know, 3D right. really yeah. works. I, see, right. I saw Zootopia in 3D. And I it, thought it, used it was it well. beautiful, right? Um, I, you you say, say there's less. I feel like my wallet thinks there's just uh. all <laughs> in 3D. Uh, I think if it's shot in IMAX or uh, yeah. 3D, it's good. The, when they do the post-conversion stuff, well, that's actually. Me, but I heard Batman Superman is post conversion. Yeah, that's what? the thing so, that a lot of people make. The mistake a lot of people make is it actually post conversion can actually be better than shooting native because it gives you more freedom to control see, it. Um, the the difference is early on when people were doing post conversion, they were putting no money into it. It yeah. is a time consuming oh, process. Of Titan, of Titans or whichever yeah, one the first. Because no, I have was, friends that work in yeah. th- that work in three D and they have worked on these movies like like these these level. Yeah. I won't say exactly which, but like these big studio movies in right. 3D and like it's just they do it in post conversion right. because it's just time it, you right. have to put you have to put the amount of money and time into it to make it good it's why like Jurassic Park in 3D worked it looked pretty good it did. especially considering it was it from did. 1994 it did um, it was just because they took the time to make it work and it, it, it's a long expensive process yeah no and, and, and again because 3D before it was just looked in, in what it became was a cash grab Yes, it was let's thing. make That's more why you know like, yeah, oh, they saw could, 10 right, bucks oh, more a ticket yeah like, we can sell 10 bucks more a ticket right and now at least and again I, I credit people like 
you know, James Cameron taking that, taking the march, taking the lead in that march, saying, look, you got to take your time, you got to do it right. right, right, right. People aren't going to walk out of the theater with headaches and throwing up. So, right. yeah, yeah it looked really thing. good. So, from cinematography, we, we talked about 3D, we say go 3D. Um, the editing of this movie w- is very interesting to me because. That's where. Yeah, and this, and again, it just goes back to the biting off more than we can chew. Number one, they have an R-rated version of this movie that yep. they're going to be releasing on Blu-ray. So we know going in, and I'm sort of kind of thinking, this only happened because of Deadpool. I'm sort of kind of thinking... See, I disagree. I do you. big disagreement on this one. Because I'm thinking that Warner Brothers is like, well, look what Deadpool did. Oh, geez, do we have R-rated material that we can... I... I will say because for a while, I mean, this movie's been done for a year now. Right. It was supposed to come out last summer. This film's been done, locked. They knew what they had. Right. They said, and people are, you know, why why are they doing a, a three-hour movie, Mike? Why didn't this and that? I get a lot of that on Twitter. And I say, because you have to understand, theaters can are in the business to make money. Yeah. If you've got a three-hour film, you can only show that X amount of times a day. If you've got a two-hour, mm-hmm. half-hour film, you probably can fit in one extra showing. Yeah, That's but that, that thousands goes, of dollars. That sort of kind of goes out the window with the multiplexes, though. I mean, but, like because when you can show a movie on a bazillion screens, when you can have a, like a, a of like a let's say a tenplex, right. and six of those screens are Batman, right. Superman, like that sort of negates the. It sort of negates okay. the. But know, it's still, but it's still true for opening weekend, where basically every theater is playing right. this. And when you're when when you're in a world where that the numbers on opening weekend are so influential on how the movie's going to do long term because people look at those numbers as evidence of whether they should see it or not. Right. No, yeah, the it's worth thing, it's worth it to have those extra there's screens. Not gonna, there's going to be some extra there's ex- definitely extra scenes, extra right. characters, a little more <clears throat> violence, but you got to look at they did this with Watchmen for him. Right. They gave him the director's cut saying, "Okay, they probably said, you know, well, you Watchmen cut this was already out. rated R." Yeah, but Watchmen was the, a very the, rated the final R. Movie. film is it's like a three and a half hour yeah, film. Yeah, agreed. And they also did it with the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah. Those are all R-rated cuts. It didn't make it really an R-rated film. Sure. But, but so I mean... It, are they present... But then there's a difference, though, because they're not presenting it as this is the director's cut. They're presenting it as this is the R-rated cut. And maybe right. that's just, like, how but it leaked out. I think the, all, but, the, the, the they're calling it the ultimate edition. Right. Okay. That's the... It's not a director's cut. I just pre-ordered it today, by the and way. And that's, that's a huge... With that's my a Batman huge. statue. Yes. I got the Batman one. What did you get? Batman. Okay, okay. Okay. I'm just That's a huge distinction too, because right. ultimate cut versus director's cut it make, just makes me think of Gladiator <laughs> extended edition right. that opens with Ridley Scott staring at the camera saying, "This is not a director's cut. They made me do this so that they could get extra money for a for a new release." I I think this is a Zack Snyder going, "All right, guys, I'll get your movie down to the time you want. Give me my give me a full cut." And right. You know, it's. I think it's great. I, I think the movie suffered. I think I would have loved to have seen this cut in versions the theaters. As much now, it's kind of interesting with Deadpool. R-rated films are making money, but this would have cut a lot of box, not box office if they went R-rated instead of PG-13. These are superhero films. And, and yeah. it's not Deadpool. You know, it's and it has the yeah. names Batman, Superman. Right. I get why well, you don't want to do that. Yeah, and you know, don't don't go R. It's just not for you, right for, for your term with the Deadpool thing. I think absolutely them going. Oh, we got to fast track Lobo. That's a Deadpool reaction. It could be, but that's it, a it, it, the the announcement just came for me, anyways. And call it the cynic in me with with Hollywood executives and such. Mm. 
to me, it came too close after Deadpool's success that says, oh, well, we have a rated R cut that we're going to That's what I'm saying. On. It just looks... It just it came very saying. close. That's, that, that's all they, I'm saying. You know, maybe, I bet you it's mainly... It wasn't that they were going to release it. I bet you it's mainly in the how they announced that it was going to happen. Could and so it, I'll bet you if Deadpool doesn't have that success, what it is is they announce an unrated director's cut right. or ultimate edition and they don't harp no one harps on the fact that it's r-rated right. they're just that's that announcement to call it that right. is a reaction to deadpool but the cut itself i'll bet you is not probably yeah i i agree and david brenner was the editor on this and he huh. worked on man of steel which is great because you know i always like it when they take these people have a feel already for how to work with well we're right, working right, right, with right. snyder in this universe yeah. so but he he even said it was tricky keeping focus on two protagonists, and he himself said, he goes, you know, we had to trim a lot, a lot of subplots. Um, wow, there were other subplots? Apparently, yeah. Yeah, was, they, yeah and... I and mean, the uh, Jenna, Jenna Malone's character, that's completely gone. Yeah. Well, that was just a, an appearance, right? Well, no, was, she's got scenes. Oh, multiple scenes? I, I'll say this right now. I, I believe she's in the nightmare scene, because there's a scene where Bruce grabs someone and is pulling a girl. I, I, I heard her. that like there's on the her. IMAX version you could actually see more right. of her. I think that's her. And then you can see that it was her, uh, which is which is a funny. But like, Jimmy like, Olsen, she was cut was out cut? by oh, framing. <laughs> Jimmy yeah. Olsen, Mercy Graves, I think has a, no. a bit bigger part. The fact film. that that was Jimmy Olsen and they didn't even tell us in the I, movie is shocking. Not that we, I can't defend, I can't stick up for his, and what he said about it was just like, it's Jimmy Olsen, we weren't going to use him in future films, so I can't kill defend him. that either. I, Zach, you're on your own on that one, buddy. I'm sorry, <laughs> you don't kill. Zach, uh, Jimmy Olsen is, to Superman, what Commissioner Gordon is to Batman. But he's integral. Yeah. But they didn't, like, they, they did integral. that, and like, whether you're going to kill him or not, they didn't even acknowledge that it was him. Well, that's the thing, because yeah. I think the reason he is acknowledging is because he goes, he's in the director's cut. He introduces himself as Jimmy Olsen, dude. Yeah. So I was like, he, if they were never doing director's cut, he could have got going, in my head, yeah, that was Jimmy yeah. Olsen. But no, to you fans, we're getting Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. This cut's coming out. He's going to yeah. go, that's a Jimmy Olsen. He's got to own up he's to it. He's publicly yeah. said, like, he's, he's like that's yeah. Jimmy. I can't, yeah. like, I can't, what? I can't. Stick up for that. No, that I don't. I don't either. And again, I, I think that's why, like Warner Brothers, like Zack Snyder, because Warner Brothers doesn't have to take the hit for that. Yeah, they, you yeah. know what I'm saying? They don't. They, you know, they're gonna leave him as the auteur, and he's happy to play the role because oh, yeah. he doesn't care, and neither does Warner Brothers. Yeah. You, I don't know why, because the movie's freaking making money. <laughs> Someone sent me the best <laughs> gift. It was a picture of Zack Snyder like this, and he's like, all the people bought her. He's got like thousands of dollars. He's just going, oh, it's hot in here. <laughs> right. So, so you know, at the he end doesn't of the day, care. But he. I'm sure he cares. No, he wants I, everyone to love his film. He, they spent. This is why I. I'll say this real quick. People yelling and they want him off and this and that. It's like guys, they spent three years of their lives making this. They were going, you know, f the fans. We're gonna make whatever we want. They wanted to make a great film, which and they thought they were. And to us fans, they did. To you guys that don't like it, they didn't. They didn't. Right. Hit, it didn't hit the mark for you. They weren't trying to yeah. screw anyone over. Right. But according, you know, what's interesting, you, you mentioned something. We'll, we'll talk a little box office here. Fandango has just recently reported that a lot of the, this week's, going into midweeks, um, they're, 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 a lot of them are people seeing it multiple times. Yes. They're finding out, which is very that's, interesting. That's so. the thing. It's like more and more people. Uh, oh, you talk about box office yet? Or were, were yeah, we, we, we can talk. I want to talk a little bit box office. And before we get into that, I, I will say the one thing that did annoy me on this, and people are going to find this surprising, coming from me, I was not a fan of the score. 
we're gonna um, yeah, I, I, go down to this one. I well, love it. I the, just listened to it the, in the car. Like, just because I know we got to move forward, I'll say yeah. one thing on the score. Um, Wonder Woman score was amazing. Oh, um, I can't wait to have that for an entire movie. I'm pretty sure that was Junkie XL yes, in that part. It just sounded like that. Yeah. Um, I I love this score. I loved it so much. I bought the vinyl three years ago when it was the soundtrack of Man of Steel. Well, well, it's a sequel. You've got to have that in there. The callbacks and Batman's got his his theme in there. The Do You Bleed track. I think it's track seven. The scene where he's charging the Batmobile. That it just gets my blood going. I don't know. To See, it. with 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 me, the collaboration of Hans Zimmer and, and Junkie XL. Mm-hmm. To me, it seemed more Mad Max. It seemed out of place in many scenes. Okay. There was a scene where Bruce Wayne or, or Batman's walking down a hallway, and the music to me just did not re- represent. Oh, this is a hero. Like I don't. There's I don't know. certain th- uh, throwbacks. It's almost a junkie XL version of the Batman animated series themes in there a little bit, where I can hear played through his musical filter. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's a callback to that. I right. love it. And I love the Man of yeah, Steel score. Sure. The Man of Steel soundtrack. No, I, I, you I, can't beat John Williams for Superman, but no. this guy gave it a run for his yeah, No, I, I play that money. record all the time. Yeah. It's a great score. It's a good um, score. It was just like the, the only two times the score jumped out at me was Wonder Woman and like when I was like, I'm rec- yeah. I'm very, very familiar Man with that track. Yeah, yeah no, I, I liked uh, I like this the Man of Steel score. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about box office because in the end that's what counts in this town. Dollars, baby. Two hundred nine million thus far, and we're we're literally that's only domestic. Domestic. Yeah. I'm talking domestic gross. Okay, foreign foreign gross. It's three hundred and twenty nine plus million. So we've got a worldwide worldwide box office of five hundred and thirty. $538 million. One thing I couldn't stand, you see people posting and throwing it up on my wall. And, you know, biggest drop from Friday to Sunday. It's like, oh, there's a little known holiday on Sunday that families well, don't go to a movie like this. Well, on. Yeah, but, but, well, but, but that's but factored gonna, into estimates and everything. But, yeah, but, but I'm going to say this because, okay, something else is very, you know, that, that they don't account for is... Um, Friday's gross also includes your Thursday night previews, which can start around 7 o'clock. Yeah. So your Friday gross is inflated. Number uh, The other point that I'm going to make about what that person said to you is the Easter weekend is notoriously not the best right. weekend to release Absolutely. a movie. I mean, I was working at Lionsgate, and we released this little movie called um, The Punisher. Um, that no! No! Yeah, no. and, and, and it was The Punisher, and we were going up against that year, I believe it was Kill Bill Volume 2, but it was Easter weekend. Now, Kill Bill came in number one, but, however, both movies had a very significant drop, even on Saturday, because people go to church on Saturday. And if you look at the drops from, from Friday to Saturday to Sunday, yes, it makes sense. Where Batman Superman overcame it is they had such a huge Friday, such a huge Thursday night going into Friday night, which propelled it. Their midweeks, that's why those people and aren't talking about their midweeks. They've been their Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're still putting in 23, and, 25 million. And people dollars. are going to me, there's, and I, they feel like they have to attack me. Like, I, I don't work for Warner Brothers, I tell you, just, <laughs> do I. I don't. But they're sitting there, they're going, oh, well, big deal. It, it has a, a record on Monday and Tuesday. I go, it beat Hunger Games, it beat Fast 7 in these numbers on a Monday right. and Tuesday. Right. That's ridiculous. And the reviews came out last Tuesday. If word of mouth was hurting the movie, these numbers would have been dropped off from the beginning. Right. And it's still breaking well, numbers. I, the it's only still thing, hitting The it. only thing I disagree with on that is that it would have affected Friday numbers. Because for the people seeing it on Thursday and Friday were the people who were always going to see it because they're the okay. ones, like like all of us, right. who couldn't, like, I saw it Thursday night, like, as yeah. soon as I could get out of work. Right. Um, 
It was only partially because I had to engineer DC uh, movie news the next day. Right. Um, well, but yeah. like I was gonna see it on Friday at the very latest, yeah. and you. But those people were there regardless. It was the people who were unsure right. that may have caused that slide right. in the estimates. But like, look, this movie's gonna do massive box office. Right. It will only we'll only be able to see over the next few weeks if and, the reviews and, actually and, you know, had an and, effect. And, and, and I because rewatches, I think, is where it might suffer. Right, and and, and but I'm sitting corrected because let's. Friday, 81 million. Again, you got to factor in whatever it did on Thursday. 50 million on Saturday, 33 on Sunday. Makes sense. 15 million on a Monday night or Monday. Monday. Okay. 12 million on a Tuesday. Uh, it did eight on um, eight on Wednesday. Thursday, they're saying seven. It's gotten domestically up to 209 million. I know that a lot of the prognosticators uh, didn't have this making uh, globally a billion dollars, but they're thinking that it could potentially hit. A billion dollars. That's what I said. We were talking yeah. estimates, and I am a terrible guy for box office, but I was like, I don't think it'll do a billion. But I didn't think it would do these numbers. Yeah, and, I didn't and think... it costs two fifty to make, right. not including marketing. Marketing, they're saying it's around four. Yeah, but it made four it's, it, four million, four hundred million, four hundred. I was like yeah, four million, four hundred million <laughs> total package marketing yeah. and production. Yeah, it's made its money back. It's a success. Yeah, yeah no, it's a success. And marketing wise, like I, you know. You have some issues with marketing. I thought that they sort of hit the right notes for the masses. For the it, masses, it was, it was always going to get its money back. I I think it it may get to a billion. I I don't think it will, just because I think you're going to see less return viewers okay, right. than other billion dollar movies like right. Star Wars. I'll just say this: marketing. They had a poster for Aquaman. They had action figures for Aquaman. Mm-hmm. It was giving the perception to the audience that this was going to be Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman, all of them joining together to fight. And that's where everyone's going, too much, too much, trying to be Marvel. Right. It didn't do any of that. I was like, I kept waiting. It's like, where are the Justice League showing up? Right. Because it was marketed that way. I think it set it up perfectly, the dawn of Justice. Right, yeah. And they marketed it wrong. And if we never got that, tra- if they never showed Wonder Woman in action, they showed Diana, if they did, and sure. never showed Doomsday, Imagine how that theater would have reacted. It would have been both of those moments. So different. That one trailer that they did, and when was it? Like October-ish. Right. If they, whoever decided to do that trailer, hurt this film. I think Kevin Smith said it. Said it just right when he was saying like every because in his his review he talked about this every scene of this movie is represented at least once yeah. in the promotional materials right. and that's exactly where they have went wrong have faith in yeah. your film not shown those things no, not hyped up I, no I get it I, no, Batman and Superman that I sells your movie no I, I, I'm with you 100% so they, I'm with you 100% they wouldn't have done and, that and I think though I think though for, from, from audience reaction CinemaScore but I'm sort of kind of a CinemaScore is a B that's the audience reaction. They give it a, a B. A is top, right? A, a is the best, but A and cinema score is the one that you want because you're guaranteed very good word of mouth. B, people might not talk about it as much. Okay, or okay. just might They might not sell it for somebody else to oh, not go. Whatever people so. felt, they're talking about it. That's the yeah. thing. Whether you hate it or not, this film's being talked about, which yeah. is fantastic. And, and, you know, a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, which yeah. to me... Very harsh. Yeah. I, I found it to be extremely harsh um, right over there. So we already know that there's a sequel going on. I think we've touched about, 
We're almost running the length of the movie here, so I yeah, think, uh, I think they want. I think they want us done. I think they, they want it. The studio's telling us to wrap it up. So no, but this, yeah, this has been fun. Yeah, I think this is a healthy conversation. I love it. Mike, I gotta tell you, thank you so much for imparting all of your wisdom. Please feel free. Any other DC or even comic book movie or whatever you want. I'd love to come on. I mean, yes. And again, great. I'm not. I'm not paid by DC. I just love the film. And it, people, if you don't, go make it. Make your own assumption. Go out, see the movie. You don't like it? That's great. I, and I can't agree more. Like, that's yeah. the thing. As much as I've harped on this movie, it is definitely one that I say, see it in theaters, yeah. see it on the big screen, form your own opinion yeah. of it. Like, I didn't like it. That doesn't yeah. mean you won't, because a lot of people do. Right. So, how do people follow you? Where do they find you? Uh, DC yeah, Movie News? I'm, I'm at Mike Klonowski on Twitter. I am DC Movie News here, Popcorn Tech Network. Also, Character Corner, kind of an offshoot of DC movie news where we kind of fans we just found are kind of just becoming into these characters right. and knowing them through movies and TV they don't know the comic history right. so two three minutes I give yeah. comic history on characters Great. so check me out awesome thank you again thank Zach. you now uh, before uh, you know you go into where people can find you will you see this again um, I'm not gonna pay be like I'm not gonna pay full price for it Fair just enough. because I have like there's so many movies coming out I yeah, have to I start banking that uh, back. I eventually <laughs> yes I will see this movie. Okay, again. and where can people find you? Um, you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and now YouTube at that Zach Wilson. I just released a new video on my channel, very relevant to this conversation about whether DC should or rather why DC needs to cross over their cinematic and TV universes. Mm. Um, and I did that before I saw this movie, actually, so there's a lot oh, of... I, I, I gotta check that out. That's there. interesting. Um, and, the multiverse. Uh, Matt, and Matt Lieberman, who you may know from uh, After Buzz or SourceFed, stopped by on that one. Um, and yeah, that Zach Wilson. Well, I wanted to say again, thanks. I really think that we got a lot out there. But most importantly, I know I had fun. I hope you had fun. Audience, I hope you had fun. Don't let the discussion stop right now. Comment. Go on to YouTube and, and tell us what you thought. Did you hate the movie? Are you a Zack Snyder hater? Or did you actually really you want to take a stand? Did you really I, like the movie? Let us know. Comment. Don't let the discussion end right here. Uh, again, my name is Dimitri Panos. Uh, you, can, you can support me on Twitter at, at DMovies1701. Uh, thank you for listening. Keep on keep tuning into the Anatomy of a Movie on the Popcorn Talk Network because there's a plethora of movies that are coming out that we will be talking about and including you in on the discussion. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Till next time, see ya folks. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the rest of the Anatomy of a Movie staff, we would like to thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email or tweet us. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been Anatomy of a Movie.